0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Uh, it is work, <laughs> labors involved. It's, at time, painful labors. A bishop, then, the Bible says, must be blameless, the husband of one white, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach, and the snare of the devil. Now, bishops, and then and then verse number eight, we're gonna get into deacons, but bishops they're responsible for the spiritual oversight of the local church, and these bishops they're not over a group of churches. Um there is a local church, there's a pastor of that local church, and then you'll see that there'll be a plurality of bishops or slash deacons. So you have a plurality of leadership. Now, everything that we read in verses number one through eight, or one through seven, when people apply for a job, an uh, an office, so to speak, That boss wants highly qualified men and or women. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is people will go to great lengths to get themselves up to par to get a job. And we are talking about the office of a bishop. We are talking about leadership in a church. Don't you think more men should be striving to fulfill all of these. <laughs> it's it's a good idea. Amen. I mean, it is. Those are the qualifications that are needed to be met. Now, in Titus, let's go there for a second. In Titus, chapter number one, these are offices. These are human offices appointed by men of the church, and in verse number five of, of Titus, chapter number one, watch what it says. We'll read it, verse four. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, Paul writing to Titus under the Holy Spirit's inspiration grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And watch what he says For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. You have Paul as an evangelist. What does he do? He goes into a town and he wins people to the Lord. I think everybody can understand and agree with that. And now Paul, he's appointed Titus, some responsibility, he's appointed him and he's entrusted him with the responsibility of pastoring these Cretan believers, these believers at Crete. And Titus, as the pastor who was appointed by Paul, is told to do what? Ordain elders in every city. We see again, um, pointing out that there is a plurality. So you'll and you'll see this pattern, and we'll see it in the next lesson, and well, uh, as well, there's a pastor at a church, and then you always see deacons, plural, elders, plural. We'll say more about that uh, as the message goes on. Uh, but you'll see, uh, in every city, is kind of the the takeaway as well. You see how it says ordain elders. And then it says, right after that, in every city. So you don't have elders over a plurality of churches. You have a singular church with a plurality of elders. Does that make sense? This is why it's really, really hard to biblically fit this model of Well, the convention said, so now we should do. Because in the Bible, you have a local church and you have a plurality of leaders over that local church. You typically, well, you don't in the Bible see a church in Philippi, a church in Ephesus, a church in Crete, and then bishops that are over all of them. (laughs) So that's a it's a it's a single pastor at a local church, and then there can be a plurality of elders and deacons at that church. Uh, this is why we should be calling ourselves an independent Baptist church. Because we are independent of a convention or a synod or some type of outside group governing us. That's the idea of an independent Baptist Church. I don't have to get a call from the convention to get permission, or I don't have to get a rebuke from the convention because I preach something that they said is now okay. <laughs> I don't know where they're at with the whole you know women, doing women as preachers and deacons and all that, but that would be an example of uh, the harm in that. Okay, so I think we all get it. Uh, Look at Philippians for a second, Philippians chapter one. Do one more example of that. Um, It says, uh, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, you see that is another singular church, the Philippi church, with, watch what it is now, the bishops and deacons. So again, we see that pattern, a single church, you can have a plurality of church leaders, hence or or bishops slash deacons. Okay. All right, go back to 1 Timothy, because that's where we'll spend uh, most of our time tonight. There's a lot of overlap in the qualifications uh, in verses 1 through 7. And then when we get to what it says for a deacon, so we'll try to cover. A lot of this will be overlap, so we'll do, we'll do it all in one scoop. So now watch what it says in verse number 8. Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. We have negatives. When it comes to church leadership, God gives us, here's the negatives. Here's what you can't be. And then there's positives. There's positives. We will see that uh, in, in... holding the mystery of faith and a pure conscience. Now watch what it says. And let these also first be proved and then let let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. There's some negatives and we have some positives. We'll get some some more positives here. Even so must the wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in own house as well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, Let's back up a little bit and go through these one by one. Look at verse number seven in Titus chapter number one. It says, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God. That's what I was looking for. Church leaders are stewards of God. So hold your finger there. We'll try to get some momentum back. Sorry about that. Get 1 Corinthians 4. I just want to park a little bit on the steward of God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, watch what it says. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. If you want to be a steward of God, the requirement biblical biblically is faithfulness. You must be faithful. We see it also in Luke uh, chapter twelve, it is, go to the twelfth chapter of Luke, Luke chapter twelve, and look at verse number forty two. Bible says, and the Lord said, "Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? You see that a good steward is someone who's faithful. That's a wise steward, and then he is given rule over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season." Verse forty-three: "Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing." The steward of God is faithful. <laughs> And he's going to be faithful to his house. He's going to be faithful to the house of God. He's going to be faithful to his God. And that's the idea. Uh, Go back to Titus chapter number one. Uh, Watch what it says next. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God. And then it says not self-will, meaning what governs him isn't his own will. What governs him is God's will. You don't want a man that can't yield to the will of another man. You don't want someone who can't accommodate a request that someone has. We're not talking about men that just, you know, give in to anything. We're talking about this idea that it's just your own will you're concerned about. And, that, and your own will is the only thing that guides you you have to be able to take requests and, and take questions and listen to concerns. You don't want a stubborn, just obstinate man in church leadership. Then it says, must be a steward of God, not self will, not soon angry, not given to wine, no, Striker, not given to filthy lucre. Someone that flies off the, the handle and is always angry—he's not bishop material. He's not deacon material. Uh, someone that's found sipping some wine every Friday night at the at the pub down the—no, you can't have that as you can't have someone as leader. The big thing nowadays is you don't like what the, how the company's running something. You just go on strike. You see that with a lot of big unions. You can't have a bishop. You can't have a deacon that's a striker. He's just going to go on strike when things get tough or stress hits. He's just going to go on strike. Says not given to filthy lucre. There's nothing wrong with lucre. It's just the love of money. It's always more money. This is a leader who's looking for the guy with the big pocket, the big wallet in the pocket. He's just in it for filthy lucre. He loves filthy lucre. The Bible says, but a lover of hospitality. We want deacons, bishops We want church leaders that are welcoming. We want them that will receive people. That in and of itself is a blessing to a local body of believers. A lover of good men who's he hanging out with somebody that's sober his mind better not be entangled with worldly enthusiasm he better be guided by the truth of the gospel and better be guided by the word of god better have a sober mind and a sober body by the way you start drinking wine strong drink it affects your mind your body yeah it affects your body too but you don't have sobriety of mind either. The thing's bad every way you try to cut it. Bad news. Love a good man sober just. He's mature enough to recognize the rights of others. He's, he, he's mature enough to, when he's counseling, he's he's someone that is just. He can hear both sides. He's not looking to give favor to the rich man versus the poor man. He's not looking to give favor to the intellectual versus the unlearned. He's, he's a just man and he sees things in that way. And he's deacon or elder material. And here's a, here's a dirty word. Here's a dirty word nowadays. Holy. (laughs) Imagine that a leader of a local church being holy. (laughs) He has holy thoughts He reads holy books. He tries to live a holy life. He listens to holy music. He tries to listen to holy preaching and teaching. He tries to surround himself with holy people. He doesn't look out and see holiness and say, you're a legalist, (laughs) which is the easy way to name call someone who just by looking at their life convicts you. (laughs) Which a lot of it that is. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. Christ was holy. I shouldn't say was, he is. Then it says temperate. <laughs> What's your temperature? <laughs> I mean, there's some guys that are always running a fever, man. They're always a few degrees hotter than they need to be. It's like, oh, but level up. And then other guys are just so cold. They're always giving somebody the cold shoulder. They're just. Man, you got to adjust. You got to adjust the temperature. Get yourself balanced out. Get yourself somewhere in the middle there. And that's what we're looking for for church leaders. Back to uh Timothy. Uh, First Timothy. First Timothy. Bishops generally are more concerned with spiritual matters. Deacons are more concerned with the practical or temporal matters. Um, But all of the requirements has to do with their spiritual life and their spiritual maturity. Um, Look at... Likewise must the deacons be grave. Now, this doesn't mean that the guys, you know... 85, 95, pushing 100, and, and, and it looks like he's ready for the graveyard. <laughs> that's not what it means. We're not, that's not grave. It's this idea okay, he's down to earth. Gravity isn't a pull down as much as gravity is a pull towards center. <laughs> the man's centered, <laughs> He's he's balanced, he's down to earth. He can be. He can be approached. Emotionally, he is in control. He's centered. He's calm. He's cool. He's collective in a time of stress. He doesn't just flip out and have a fit of rage. And he's not. uh, I'm so depressed. Oh, woe is me! He, he's grave. He's centered out, leveled out, down to earth, and that's what we want—somebody that's level-headed and stable, <laughs> right? If you're hiring somebody for a job, do you want a guy that's just going to flip out? On Monday and then Tuesday, he's way, way down in the dumps. You want someone that's level-headed. He's great. It also says, not double-tongued. A double-tongued person is someone that plays both sides against itself. You get a man, he'll tell the pastor one thing, he'll tell the congregation another thing. That's a double-tongued man. He'll tell you what you want to hear, and then he'll tell me what I want to hear, and he's trying to play both sides to figure out where he's going to come out on top best. You want an honorable man, you want an honest man. You want someone that you might not like what they say, but at least he's telling you the truth. That's kind of the idea. You get somebody that comes home from a conversation and they say, you know, I really did not want to hear that, but I was kind of thinking I needed to hear that. That is someone who's not double-tongued. He's going to give it to you straight. Not given to much wine. Proverbs 31 says, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. I have eternal life and I'm not going to die. I'm not perishing. Do you have eternal life? Are you never going to die? Your body is. It's going to be with the Lord forevermore. You're not going to suffer the eternal torment of hell. You've got eternal life. You don't have any need at all for a strong drink. You don't need it, (laughs) Proverbs 31, the seventh verse says, Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. I have the riches of his glory. Don't you? I don't have a heavy heart. I don't have, I don't need to drink to forget my poverty and my misery. I've got no need for it. I've got the joy of the Lord. What's the song, kids? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? I mean, act like you're saved, okay? I mean, you just get, have some joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Very good. Down in my heart to stay. Good night. I don't know if we've got some future deacons here or not. Okay, long word and upward, It's been a long day. What else we got next in the list? We have not given a bunch of wine, talked about that, not greedy of filthy lucre. We talked about that. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. It has nothing to do with the knowledge of salvation. It's not a profession of faith as much as it is a possession of faith. In other words, is that man's conscience governed by biblical principles? How many of you have been cheated out of money by a Christian? How many of you have been lied to by a Christian? Yeah. How many of you have been lied to or cheated out of something by a deacon? <laughs> There's stories like that that filter all over the Internet world. You know why they get onto the Internet? Well, people love the gossip. I mean, the world hates Christians to begin with. But people have such a bad taste when it comes from a Christian. Let's not be that Christian. OK, let's have a pure conscience. We need men. Whose testimony to the world is this. That's how a Christian acts. That's how a Christian treats people. A pure conscience. A pure conscience. They have a testimony that counterbalances the sour taste that many have gotten, yes, sad to say, from Christians. And you've all heard it. There's hypocrites. Well, I don't go to church because there's hypocrites in the church. Well, you went to the Golden Corral. There's hypocrites that work there. (laughs) It doesn't, it only works in church. You just don't go to church because there's hypocrites there, but you'll allow a hypocrite to wait on you and you'll be nice to him. So there's hypocrites in the church. So just come and just allow those hypocrites to be nice to you. And proved. Next one is proved. And let these also, verse 10 in 1 Timothy 3, and let these also first be proved. What's his testimony at work? What's his testimony in his neighborhood? Nobody buys a car without test driving it. You got to test drive some men. Talk to their boss. You know, a lot of jobs nowadays, they have, you got to fill out references. Why? Because that guy wants to talk to some other guys that know a little bit about the guy they're considering hiring. All that is, it's just a proving ground. That's a good thing. You need to get to know who these men are. Check out his Facebook. Check out his Twitter. Check out his LinkedIn. See what's on there. Why? We're talking about the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and his local church. That's why. Can't just turn it over to anybody. And you don't want someone that says, well, if I was a deacon, I would really live for Christ. No. It's the guy that's already living for Christ. And if he becomes a deacon, now he's allotted some opportunities to do more of what he's already doing. That's the idea. He's faithful, and so he'll continue to be faithful. We were at this one church, this is back in New Jersey, years ago, and I said to the deacon, you, 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 when's the, uh, when are the outreaches? you want to go out and, and, and knock on some doors? He looked at me like uh, he didn't know what in the world I was talking about. The poor guy never knocked the door in his life. So I said, well, why don't we organize some outreaches? Are there anything... He we said, well, what, what can we do for that? I'm like, I don't know. You're the deacon, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I organized this outreach. He comes out. At the end of the outreach, he said, this was a great time. He said, we, we haven't done anything like this. He took us out to Chinese food, sat down and just told us, we, we got we to do more of this. He had a great time doing it. He never did it before. (laughs) He's a deacon of the church. Is he a good man? Yes, he is a good man. Was he a proved man? No. Could he have been good deacon material? Sure. But God has these qualifications in place for a reason. It's just not our best friend. Church isn't a social club. blameless someone that's blameless you will not doubt you'll have no doubt concerning that man's character that man's name comes up in the community everybody knows his character saved or unsaved not the guy we were at another church in new jersey not that this only happens in new jersey and he comes and 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 so this guy comes up to me and he says Because he was kind of, we had known each other, and he was kind of visiting, but was visiting a little bit longer than we were visiting. And he said, there's a lot of people at this church. This is a good networking opportunity. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, I never thought of church like that until now. But I guess you're right. If you're a barber and you want more heads to cut, then okay, go to find a church that's pretty big. We're not, that's not what God wants for church leadership. He's not looking for you and I or men and women to go in and try to build their opportunity. It's the church. And we wonder why when we look out, we see all these things in a mess. This is why. Because th- these requirements have not been taken serious verse number 11 even so must their wives be just about ready to kick it and be buried in the grave <laughs> no it's you're you're not looking for the old you're not looking for the guy that's got the oldest wife because you think she's great no again same thing she's down to earth she's got some gravity to her that's the idea She can relate to people like the same thing we were saying with the deacon of the bishop. They can relate to people. Oh, boy, not slanderous. The bishop's wife, the deacon's wife has to be quick and she's happy to be quick to control her tongue. She's not looking to use her tongue in a way to give a false report about something. A deacon's wife is not looking to harm the reputation of another. She's not looking to defame somebody else's name. She's not slanderous. She's sober. And here's a big one. She's faithful in all things. She's faithful to her God. She's faithful to her husband. She's faithful to her children. She's faithful to her church family. She's faithful to attend to the things of God, the word of God, and the truth in the word of God. She's faithful. Her allegiance isn't to herself. Her allegiance is to God. Here we go. Here we go. Verse number 12. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife at a time. Oh boy, that's not what it says, does it? It says, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, except if the wife does them wrong and something happens and it's his fault or her fault then I can still, well, wait, that's not in there either. I don't have all the answers, but I have the answer to this. It simply says, and if we read it and understand it simply as it says, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife. One wife. Is that easy to understand? Are there plenty of other things to do to serve in a local church? God has that in there for a reason. Now, I might not have the depth of theology to give you all the reasons, but I know that that's what God said. I also know that if it's let the deacon deacons be the husbands of one wife, I know that the deacon has to be a man. Because if it wasn't a man, that would be equal, equally wrong. There are no deaconesses. It's a deacon. That's a man. And he deeks with his wife, okay? With his one wife. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.